So Jesus in this text in Mark 8 is preaching self-denial. He's commanding it of his followers. And it's not just self-denial for self-denial's sake. Jesus isn't telling you to deny yourself so that you can go live a miserable, boring, uh, empty life. Instead, what Jesus is trying to tell you is that you are trying to find joy and you are looking in the wrong places. Let me realign you and give you a few things to do in order that you may find true joy. Because if you try to save your life here, you will lose it. But if you lose it for my sake, you'll end up finding it. Hello and welcome to the 7th Hour Podcast. My name is Wes Ireton and I am so thankful that you are here with me today. Uh, I don't think it's by accident that you've stumbled across this podcast, and uh, so I hope you'll stick around and uh, listen in on today's topic as we dive into the Word of God. But before we get there, guys, I want to thank you for the support so far. Uh, I've definitely been feeling the love uh, from you all in launching this podcast. This was something that was new for me, and so this is our second episode, and so it's just been a an awesome journey so far, and I can't wait to see where God takes us together. Uh, but if you're looking for a way that you can support this podcast, there's a couple ways that you can do that. One of which is by simply subscribing to the YouTube channel here if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on a streaming uh, platform like a Spotify or Apple podcast, you can follow there as well. Uh, that definitely helps in supporting the ministry here. Uh, secondly, you can go to the website. It's the seventh hour.com. It's the seventh hour.com uh, is where you can find uh, all the episodes there. Also, all the cool merch that we have for sale. That is another way that you can monetarily support what we've got going on here at the seventh hour podcast. Uh, so go check out the merch, guys. Got new stuff coming every day. I've uh, been designing t-shirts and, and cool swag for you. So go check it out. Uh, see if it's up your alley and fits your vibe. And if it is, uh, that's awesome. Rock it and, uh, and support the channel. So uh, with all of that said, guys, let's jump right into the topic at hand today. Uh, we're going to be diving into the book of Mark uh, and looking at some teaching from Jesus. So if you've got your Bibles there handy, whip them out and check out that with us. Uh, last week, we talked about the purpose for which God created the world. One thing I forgot to mention last week is the book that I would recommend in really expanding a lot more in depth on the reason God created the world is the book from Jonathan Edwards, The End for Which God Created the World. That is a great book to have in your library. Um, it's very in-depth. Uh, of course, uh, Jonathan Edwards is a, a deep thinker, um, a philosopher, theologian. Uh, and just super knowledgeable. Uh, sometimes this stuff is a little hard to read, uh, but there are some versions out there in modern English that um, are good to pick up. So go check that book out if you're looking for more info on that last episode that we did. Um, kind of condensed it down into about 30 minutes there, but um, that's what we hit on last week. Now, the world we determined was created. Uh, we were created. The church uh, was created. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ itself was planned, and God has redeemed his people all for one purpose. All of that was done for one reason, and that is his glory. So that's kind of what last week was about. We ended the conversation last week talking about uh, how it is that we bring him glory. Ultimately, it is when we 
find him as our treasure, when he is everything to us, when we are most satisfied in him, he is glorified in us. And so that really leads us into today's topic of self-denial, why Jesus says that we must deny ourselves. So let's check out Mark chapter 8. We'll begin in verse 34. Jesus is teaching here, and this is what he has to say. He says, and calling to the crowd around him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me for whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? So Jesus is talking here. Uh, and you've got to understand kind of how this, how this you know, comes across to these folks who may be listening, what crucifixion and what the cross in general symbolized to them. We'll get to that. But the reason that Jesus says that we must take up our cross and follow God is because we are so liable to find ourselves chasing after pleasures elsewhere. It's just in our hardwiring. It's in our depravity, in our human state. Uh, we are prone to find pleasure, seek pleasure elsewhere other than Christ. You know, I've spent the majority of my life finding pleasure in everything but God. My flesh uh, yearns for superficial and temporal pleasures. It gravitates towards them. It's drawn to them. It fights day and night to bask in the glory of this world. That's what my flesh desires most. So, so I must die to myself every single day, and I will never not have to do so. The Christ follower will never mature to a point where this command is no longer relevant for them, where they have carried their cross and done so much for Christ to follow him for so long that they no longer have to worry about their flesh being prone to wonder, to being prone to uh, gravitate toward the desires of the flesh and the, and the things of this world, the lust of the eyes and everything that this life has to offer. And so that's why Jesus says that you must hate this life in this world or you are in danger of losing it. This text is an absolutely paramount text for the believer, for the follower of Jesus Christ. It's foundational in discipleship. Let's look at it a little bit more closely. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. See, there are three things here that Jesus is talking about and he commands us to do in order to be his disciples. The three things. One, deny yourself. Two, take up your cross. And three, follow me. Now, they all actually are entwined together. They all happen together. They're all coming together to form a submission in the life of the Christ follower. So let's start with take up your cross. What does the cross symbolize? What did the cross symbolize to this, to this group of people in the New Testament? The cross symbolized a horrible instrument of execution, it was done by the Romans um, to nail you to a cross and have you hang there until you suffocated to death. And if you took too long to suffocate to death, shame on you. We're going to break your legs so that you suffocate quicker. I mean, it's, it's, it's a horrible death. I mean, it's the worst death. And Jesus is saying, yeah, that's what I want you to think of. 
when you follow me. Jesus says, this is what I'm going to do. And therefore, my followers are going to be cross carriers as well. So what does that mean? I mean, Christ isn't obviously telling us to physically go die. But there's something to this. The cross represents shame. The cross represents suffering in this time. And it represented ultimately death. So here is Christ asking us, are you willing? Are you willing to be shamed for me? Because I'm willing to be shamed for you. Are you willing to suffer for me and my name's sake? Because I'm willing to suffer for you. I'm here to suffer for you. Are you willing to die for me? Because that is exactly what I am going to do. True discipleship is dying daily for the sake of Christ, losing your life for his sake, for the sake of the gospel. Instead of working to save your life, you throw caution to the wind and you go all in for Jesus and whatever the consequences may be, bring them on. And so if shame comes, bring on shame. If if suffering comes along with me following Christ, then bring on suffering. If being ridiculed, I may lose friends, I may be slandered, I may lose my job, I may lose money, I may be destitute, poor, and I may uh, lose everything. But for the sake of Christ, all of that is okay with me because I gain eternity with him. So what does it mean to deny yourself? Because that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. How do I deny myself? That seems impossible. So the only way that that is possible, in order for me to deny myself, there has to be two selves. There has to be two different selves within me. And there is. There's an old self, my flesh, and there is a new self, which is the spirit at work in me, my, my new self coming to life in Christ, the new creation. And these are the two selves that are at work within me and you and every believer. And, and let me tell you something. The old self does not die easily. It's a lot easier said than done to die to yourself. It's a lot easier said than done to go take up your cross and crucify that old self. You know why? Because everything, literally everything in this world is food for your old self. It is fuel for your old self. This world is all about you. Speak your own truth. Do what's right for you. You do you. Be unapologetically you. And Jesus says, crucify yourself. Your old self doesn't want to die. It doesn't like shame. It doesn't like suffering. It doesn't like death. It doesn't like surrender. It doesn't like Jesus. It doesn't like lords over you. It doesn't like to surrender to a God. It wants to be the God. So your old self doesn't die easily. And Christ knows that when he says this in Mark 8. And that's why he says to take up your cross. Because it's going to take crucifixion. It's going to take death. When Jesus says to deny yourself, he is saying that the old man must die. And not just because. Jesus gives us reasons why 
this is actually truly what we want and need. Jesus doesn't say crucify yourself, pick up your cross, deny yourself just because. Again, it's not just so you can live a, a miserable, sad, boring life. He says to do so because of verse 35. Whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospels will find it. Jesus says, look, I, I know what your goal is in life. I know that you don't want to lose your life. I get that. But you're going about it the wrong way. By, by following your old self and letting your old self be your guide, be your Lord, you are not going to end up saving your life. In fact, you're going to absolutely lose it forever. And we know Christ is talking about eternity here because in the parallel text in John 12, he says, whoever loves his life will lose it. But whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. So don't lose your life forever by trying to save it yourself. Jesus goes on to say, but if you want to truly save your life, which I know you do, you must deny your old self, take up your cross, that is denying your old self, and following me. And there you will find life forever. When the apostle Paul was Saul before meeting Christ, he loved his life. And, and he had good reason to. He, he had a great life. He had everything going on for him. He checked all the boxes, you would say. In Philippians 3, 4, Paul kind of lays out uh, his credentials and then how he feels about those credentials in light of finding Jesus. And this is what he says. If anyone else thinks he has reason to boast in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. He says, I had it all. I checked all of the boxes. I could have kept it all, but I'd rather have life forever. I'd rather have Jesus. I'd rather know him than to have all of these things. And you and me are in the same situation. We could find life on this earth and we could find a good one, even a great one. But in the end, will it end in eternal life? In comparison to knowing Jesus, is it worth it? Denial of self for the sake of true joy. That is what we are after. And that is what I mean when I say deny yourself. Because the denial of self is the pursuit of satisfaction in God. At the same time, they work together. Paul's flesh, it, it didn't want shame. It wanted acceptance. Paul's flesh did not want to suffer. It wanted to be liked, to be well-to-do, to be rich, to be comfortable. And our self is no different. Now, to some of you, it, this may sound like the Christian life must be pretty bad. 
Like your, your life must suck pretty bad, Wes. If this, if this is what you're doing, if you're denying yourself day in, day out and submitting to God and, and living for his glory, how do you have any fun? And to you, I would say, you must not know who God is. Why would I ever want myself when I could have God? Why would I ever try to find joy in anything in this world if I have God? Why would I ever pursue satisfaction in human beings, in, in money, in sex, in earthly pleasures if I have God? If anything sounds more appetizing to you than eternity with the God of the universe, then you must not know the God of the universe. We're talking about an infinitely beautiful God. We're talking about an incomparable God. There is nothing like him. All things were created by him. They are beneath him. There is nothing that I could ever find in this world that would compare to the value of knowing God. So I praise God for men like the Apostle Paul and Jonathan Edwards and John Piper who have really helped me to see the true joy that is found in God. That the Christian life is not one of self-denial and pity and shame and and sadness and, and boredom. It is the life of true joy because only true joy is found in Christ. Yes, we can love God for the things that he does for us. Yes, we can find joy in the things that he does for us, like his grace and his mercy and his provision. Yes, I do find joy in those things, but ultimately you find joy in God himself. He is simply enough. You know, when I look at the Westminster Catechism, you look at the first question and it says, what is the chief end of man? And then the answer says, the chief end of man is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. The reality is that the more we deny ourselves, the more that we surrender to God and live for his glory, the more joyful we become. When we see God rightly, we need nothing else to be joyful. You know, one of my prayers often is that God would give me such a love for him because I know that in my humanity, it is really hard for me to love God as much as he deserves to be loved. I'll never likely get there in this, in this life, but it doesn't stop me from praying that God would make himself so beautiful in my eyes and in my heart that he would continue to reveal himself to me in such a way that it stirs up even more and more and more affection toward him. I love the Apostle Paul so much, and he gives me so much hope because I know that he was one who lived for himself for such a long time in his life, just like I did. And then God transformed him into someone who would give up everything for God. And I want to be that same person. I want to be that same follower of Christ to where everything in this world looks like rubbish compared to knowing him. And we get such a great picture of how much God has transformed Paul in Philippians 1, where Paul writes, It is my eager expectation and hope that I will not at all be ashamed, but that Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. Just think about that. How incredible of a statement that is. 
for me to live is Christ and to die is gain? I mean, Paul was so in love with God. He was so in love with Jesus that he knew Jesus was there and he is here and all he wanted to do was to be with Jesus. That's all he wanted with his life. So I'm going to live this life for Jesus because I know the moment that I die, that is the greatest thing that will ever happen to me because I'll be with Jesus. Paul really knew and he kept in the forefront of his mind the goodness that awaited him. And I think that if we could really see God rightly and see God for who he is, And if we could keep in our forefront of our minds and in our vision day in, day out, the goodness that awaits us in God, in life, eternally, then we too could say that to live is Christ and to die is gain. I'm going to be honest with you. I have found this to be absolutely true in my life. And I have looked hard and I have looked wide and far and deep to find anything that could satisfy me. I've looked to drugs and addiction and sex and lust and pride and career and money. I've looked at all of those things to satisfy me. And at the end of the day, there is nothing that has satisfied me like God does. It wasn't until I completely surrendered all of those things to the Lord crucified that old self, which I am still doing every day. You have to do it every day. This Again, this command doesn't end at a certain varsity level of your walk with Christ. It is something that has to happen every day. If I do not, I will sin. I will follow the desires of my flesh. And those who live in the desires of their flesh cannot please God, according to Romans 8. So I know that it has to happen. And so I am so thankful for God's grace that gives me the ability to wake up every day and persevere. It is God's grace that works in me both to will and to desire to walk in a life that is pleasing and glorifying to him. And my prayer is that this podcast illuminates God in such a way that his spirit moves in your heart, in my heart, and stirs up these affections for him. And as those affections stir, that the cares of this world, the enticements of this world, the desires of the flesh begin to fade away. Because I know that I need that every day. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, hallowed be your name, Lord God. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life, in our lives, Lord God, as it is in heaven. Lord, I pray that you would stir up our affections for you because we know that that can only be done by you. Help us to crucify that old flesh, that old self, Lord God. Help us to deny that old self day in and day out. And in doing so, find life. And not just life here on this earth, Lord, but life eternally. Lord, help us to one day be able to proclaim from the rooftops, Lord, that to live is Christ and to die is gain. 
Help us to love you so much, Lord God, that that rings true in our lives. We thank you for this time in your word. We thank you for your teaching that equips us to follow. May we follow you at all costs in Jesus name. Amen. Thank you again for tuning in to the seventh hour podcast. My name is Wes Ireton. May you go in his peace and for his glory.